Good, good morning. Uh, welcome to the Explosive Measure podcast with Tommy, Mike, and Seth. You can see Tommy and I are in the same place. We went to a, uh, I guess, the Dynamics Power BI conference. So it's been really interesting to get together. We're traveling a lot. So here we are. We're going to do a little bit different format today. It's really weird to do this. <laughs> You're so no, touching. no touching. No <laughs> touching. This is all. This is all online. Hey exactly. Hey guys. Well, now I can actually reach over and do the things. I would when I get angry <laughs> now about the things. Yeah. So true. So no, Houston. We're in Houston for the Community Summit 2021. Yeah. It starts today. Yeah. It starts today. So and I believe you're speaking. I'll be on Friday, and you got two sessions. I got two sessions. I'm starting today. Uh, and then I'm going on Wednesday. Yeah. What do you guys? What are you? What are you guys talking on? Um, so I'm doing a talk on Charticular. So I'll be doing a full deep dive, going through the icons, checking out all the different pieces around Charticulator. So that's what I'll be doing. Tommy. So, yep. I'm doing a fan favorite that we did at a user group. Why I failed at building reports. Why people stop looking at a dashboard or a report that you built. And that is today. And then the next one I'm doing is a Glenn Gary Glenn Loss. Uh, always be calculating. But we always show the edited version of the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross Alec Baldwin famous monologue. And for those watching who have never seen this famous monologue, make sure you have headphones. Watch it after the podcast. <laughs> um, basically, it's just put in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and famous speech. And yeah. it's motivating, but also very depressing at the same time. <laughs> All right. So today's topic, we're going to jump into just a, a bunch of things that we built in reports. Maybe didn't work out. Maybe we learned something through it. Um, just kind of kicking around maybe elements we learned around early building reports. So I'll kind of kick things off. Um, when did I fail at building reports is technically a title. So I'll have one instance where we, we were building a lot of reports. And so I had one report where I needed to do a bunch of aggregations. And I think at the time I didn't really understand how hard it was to, or not how hard, more like when your data model is not right, you, you spend a lot of time building very complicated decks. So I spent a little bit of time bringing in tables from a SQL server or something like that. And then I worked really hard at writing this super complex decks. I had aggregation table an aggregation table and like a lot of them. So I basically ran my machine out of memory. There was, there was nothing left in it. So that was my biggest challenge was I had to go back and redesign all the M tables upstream so that I could actually understand, hey, these, these pre-aggregate features were already done, being done upstream, and that made my model like have a lot less memory. I could just import all the data. So there was like a huge moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, I really need to start thinking harder about how my data model's built and how do I bring all those tables together? And that was kind of a ha moment. I thought Power Query could do everything. I was like, let's just get it. Just throw it at it. So then I had to think really hard about going upstream and building the data tables that needed up there. So that was just kind of one moment for me where I was like, spent a lot of time just building something that didn't work. And then I had to go back and kind of re rebuild it, reinvent it, shaping those tables. And I think that's a common challenge, yeah. especially coming from like an Excel world where we spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Well, and I was wondering, is it is the addition of business requirements 
Because for me, like when I thought about the instances in my own history of a report failing or just something not working out, it's, yeah. it's never because I started wrong, so to speak. But it's always because the it was not clear what we needed to do, or there's an addition of. So, like, why why were you doing all the power in the beginning? Did you know exactly the game plan, and it was the assumption was wrong, or were things being added on? That's, that's a good question. So, in this case, I knew what I wanted to produce. I knew it was right. Okay. So, like, it wasn't the requirements were vague. Yeah. It was like I didn't know how to pre-aggregate information. So it was like around the idea of like we wanted to take a bunch of raw data mm -hmm. and look at it different ways and so we had to it, it was it's just it's just uh how do you or say did it? aggregations just come out and you couldn't wait to try it it's like the example where if you're doing like a row level calculation like a sum x mm -hmm. you have to do something at the row level but then you sum the total so the multiplication had to happen at the row level mm -hmm. and then you had to do like the, the adding yeah. action after that so it's something similar like that but I couldn't do it because I had to aggregate and summary the tables first and then do the calculation. Yeah. So I should have just done that in SQL and right. just brought in the pre-aggregated tables right. as opposed to doing like summarize 10 times. Right. Cause I had like all these different grains and I was trying to aggregate by different levels because all the math needed to happen at the row level and yeah. then you had to summarize it. Yeah. So that's, that's what screwed me up. But you live and learn from that one. Yeah. You don't, don't do what you, I do. Yeah. You never forget. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true statement. <laughs> Seth, you got one that was like a, a moment you were like, what am I doing? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, the topic kind of breaks down into two different areas, right? Like, what are, what are the ways in which you can <laughs> you can fail hard at a report? And, and one, is, you know, one is obviously technical, um, mm. which, which you outline, and the other is communication. Like, mm. if you think about our job, uh, so much of it is communicating yes. insights and, you know, information and, and like, the right filter of of what 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 like taking the raw data and and shaping it to what the customer wants to see so i think yeah. a lot of our recommendations come out of the communication areas and, mm -hmm. and i would say um many of the ways i've failed in the past are are all related to not listening to customers in the right way yeah. um and asking enough questions right you, you, like a business user knows what they want in their mind, but especially when you're reshaping how you want them to interact with that data or you're going to aggregate things, um, there there have been a lot of cases and a lot of reports where you go you you build something and then you're back to the drawing board, build something mm -hmm. back to the drawing board. And it's the bad kind of iteration, right? Where you just like, yeah. you missed the mark, <laughs> try again. Yeah. Um, but you know, as, as some of those things that we, we talk about a lot, like that I've learned from that, I would say are, you know, saying things like, let me, let me repeat back what you're saying, right. Or I'm hearing you say this thing and, and yeah. just by repeating back or iterating back to the person, what it is you're consuming from their information. There's a lot of times they're like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and then you, you drill down and you get to the white, what, what the meat of, the conversation i like that um I, yeah. in many ways i also say you know things like you know so if i create something like you know x you would want it to behave like you know this mm -hmm. right like so visualizing what's on the page what you would be building for them you know walking through those things are are techniques that i recommend because absolutely i've failed 
100% at each one of those steps. Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, the, the, the biggest thing because of a lot of those failures in communication that, um, you know, come from the past are learning techniques of how do you translate what someone is saying into the visual realm. And, mm, and when yeah. you spend time like reading about like the types of visualization and what what each visual is good for, you start to draw correlations between when somebody says, you know, the I want to see this over time. Right. Oh, yeah, oh you yes. Wanna, great. I, I know I'm already in a line chart. You know, like, how do you want to see that? Do you want to see it, you know, month over month or year over year? Or like, OK, now I have options. You know, I could do this or I could do a bar <laughs> chart, you know, like so. I think there's a lot of those techniques that, you know, we've talked about a lot, but all of those, you know, mm. for the most part come from, you know, a breakdown in, in that communication with the end user that, that I've experienced in the past. You bring up an interesting realm of the idea of failing at a report because it's almost sometimes that you listen, but you need to sell them on uh, the solution where someone's like, you know, it'd be great. I wish I could get from here to there that mile in, in about three minutes or less. You know, like, you need a car. No, 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 no. No, I, I would really love four wheels and an engine. Be able to sit while I get there. You need a car. No, no, that's not what it is. Stop saying a car because that's not what we need. Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> you know, so, and, I, and the other part's not listening too, right? But I've seen both of those cases where the end result is failing, yeah. so to speak. Like you failed. It's not so much you failed at building a report, you failed at delivering the solution or what they need or what they wanted. Because some people, point. because it's, it talks about the audience. Some people will provide, like, you know, be happy with what they need. Other people would just want what they want. It's true. And, and tables. Yeah. Right. Right. People yeah, just want yeah. tables. Right. <laughs> as, as we as we've confirmed before, <laughs> which may be another session for another summit. <laughs> Why just why tables? Why tables? <laughs> Alternatives to tables. Yeah, all tables. But the you're when you're dealing with a certain audience, and we've talked about audiences before, that it can very much go in if you don't know that person you're talking to, that even though you might have a solution, they want what they want. It's true. And I wonder how hard is it to either try to change their mind, so to speak, because you know this is a better solution, or mm -hmm. maybe you just have to I don't want to say give in, but you have to adhere or compromise for what someone wants. I agree with that. Your your conversation is spawning a thought, and it's it's around this idea of. I like this whole approach of like small iterations to get mm -hmm. to an answer, mm -hmm. yeah. and I and I think sometimes when I take too large of a leap to assume or get to a point where I, I understand the framework, I know what part of it I can do, I know what it can't. And I can already listen to what they're saying, and I'm trying to project, like, you've asked for this, but here's how I would build the UI and the experience so it makes sense. But people don't know what they want until they've seen it. And I think a lot of times people are, will have, like, these requirements, but they can't build the report in mind. So, like, it's sitting down with them. And that's, so that's part, part of the process came from. Yeah. Like, let's talk about insights. How do we make action on this? What do we do to, like... Um, walk away from this report and have like clear objectives. So I think that's important to define what those are and then walk through like what kind of charts are we going to put mm -hmm. in front of them that's actually going to meet those objectives. Right. They give you the opportunity to get through like the 
the action part. Yeah. So I think when you spend more more time that, it helps out a lot. Yeah. We've already crossed the part of the threshold of the podcast where I don't want this episode to end. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even 30 minutes into it. Yeah. Seth, from, from what you were talking about before then, do you fi- have you found it's more on the failure to listen or the failure to know the audience? Oh, I think I, audience is a good one too, right? I, I think yeah, that that is definitely true. part of it. Like you hitting hitting the wrong grain of data, um, mm. showing executives too much detail, you know, uh, not rolling up to you know, or asking about how how you would roll up into KPIs or you know higher level things that they can make decisions off of. That's um, good point. Yeah, and, and I I think that that actually spawned that technique where, um, you know, in general, we. W- Mike and I would typically do, you know, three yep. pages on a report, right? You do, yep. you do a super high level, you do the mid yes. range and then you do a detail and, and like just by hitting those three, typically when, you know, you're in consulting, you're, you're answering the, the audience question in this, in the same report, but reports have a tendency to just, you know, obviously flow up and down through there. Um, yeah. You want, you want to click on a KPI and you want to, you know, have it drill down into a, a more finer grain, you know, so, I think that that whole idea of, you know, ripping through and, and just building things in a standard way also helps with that conversation because mm-hmm. you're thinking about the high level all the way down to the mo- the lowest level of grain. The lowest level of grain we've been doing for years, right? It's yeah. easy. It's true. It's a table. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so it just depends on what calculations you're throwing in it. Oh, man. So I, 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 got, I got a lot of questions or just a lot of ideas because it's amazing. We're, we're in an odd industry where we could do everything right from the, the magic of the power of query and the transformations, but we put three bad visuals on a page and that could consider be, be considered a failed report. That's a good point. So, you know, because like we can do everything up front, the scoping, uh, the, the data modeling, the connections, the DAX queries, get the numbers right. We can have the numbers right. But if we don't display it in a certain way for that audience, it could be considered failed because one thing I say in this session is nobody, the only people who care how hard it was to get that number right are the people in this room. That's true. Nobody looking at your reports like, oh, did that DAX measure take you 15 hours? <laughs> you know, did you have to scourge the internet and the community to try to find out a new a new skill? Yeah. Oh, they're just like, that number's off. Yeah. Or yeah. that's not helping me. So, yeah. I think that's why it's good to ask for opinions early. Mm-hmm. Ask for feedback. Get help yeah. them like shape what you're trying to get into. And I think that's that's why I really like doodling on like a piece of paper or a whiteboard yeah. or just trying to get people's like thing building things without color is helpful. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. we'll get we'll t- to a point where everyone's just focusing on color, everyone's distracted, and we're not really focusing on like yeah. what are we trying to do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I always preach the um, try to use Power BI as a desk, a sandbox. Yep, yep. But I've actually failed in where we use it as a sandbox. We published a dev report. Yep. But then the assumption was the num- the numbers were all wrong because it was like literally our first iteration. Oh, yeah. And the stakeholders were like, the numbers are not right. Why is it not right? Complain yep. to the manager. And it was like, well, this is in depth. Like this is literally we're playing in a sandbox. Yeah. But that part wasn't communicated where because we had a theme so yep. it already looks pretty clean yeah it looks, it looks clean yeah yeah so i think i think one other area was sometimes we work with well for from a client perspective there's always 
bringing kind of educating them from where they are to what Power BI can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what we're talking about yeah. here too. When I walk into these engagements, it's usually like, here's my six Excel, sheet, Excel sheets, like amazing work that they've done there. But like, we just want to rebuild it. What? We're not going to rebuild exactly what you built in Excel in Power BI. Let's talk about what a data model yeah, is. Right. And so I've seen a couple projects where um, we build one data model and then we would just copy it like multiple times. And it's not bad, but we're changing like one parameter so that we can use a different model for like a different client or whatever. Right. And I was like, why aren't we thinking about how to pull it all together? I don't think it's like this, this is like, we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. How would we build that? Yeah. And so they think there's a mentality of like understanding the framework, knowing what you can build. And then when you bring that to the table, then you can have these bigger conversations around, yeah. okay, let's rebuild it a little bit right. more, or let's not just do straight tables. And again, if you ask, look at Microsoft, I think they're pushing a lot of the analyze and Excel right now. You can now do uh, pivot tables in an Excel document that are now refreshing off a data model. Without a license, yeah. Without a license. And that's, so you can publish basically the Excel pivot table into the service. Right. And then as the data model changes, the Excel sheet is automatically getting the, the latest data. Now that's cool. Cause I think a lot of our people like love that Excel piece of it. Yeah. And like, I was like, why isn't this a thing already? Like this should be like always up to date. Go to that Excel sheet. Boom. Data's ready to go. It's cool. If your data model doesn't use your business terminology for all your columns and measures in the background, <laughs> because then they look like everything's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a couple others uh, that I throw in here is uh, in in the past is is trying to add the the latest new thing just to add the new yes. thing. That's a good point. Um, I, you know, being Power BI junkies, you know, the next month release, it's like, oh yeah, like yeah. What, what are they what do they got coming out? I've been waiting a long time for this one. You know, <laughs> uh, like when and, the new and, bookmarks and, come out. Yeah, bookmarks. Yeah, it, inevitably, bookmarks. <laughs> inevitably, those those conversations lead to. Um, what does this do and why is it there? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. Well, uh, it, you're, you're not going to say cause, cause it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't that amazing that you can do that in this report? Y yeah. But it's not relevant. Right. <laughs> like I'm not yeah, exactly. With it. I'm so glad um, you said that please. I, I just, we're not alone. Yeah. I've done that before. Oh yeah. It, it, there's a time to experiment and play. There's also time to build the report. You don't need to have yeah. all the new features oh and every new port. That, I didn't and want to interrupt you, but yeah, I just I'm, I'm so happy I'm not the only one on that. Oh, dude, we've all we've all done it in the past, yeah. right? Um, so then uh, number three would be like, and, and these are these are probably the two biggest ones is is not testing calculations. You know, mm. you know even if you're confident, you, you always true. run them always run them through a battery, and then not iterating. Right. Like think about yeah. think about building a report in an iterative fashion, because if you don't, you find yourself like a lot of mistakes I've made in the past. I'll all relate to I'm going to go. OK, I've got all my requirements. I'm going to go in a hole and build this awesome thing, come out and it's not what they want. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the calculations part is under stressed. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know if you guys do it, but if I build the model in the thin report and so I will build in the model, I'll have extra pages where I'm doing spot checks <laughs> yeah. on the data. Yeah. Like yeah. I know this category should be this amount or roughly this amount. I'll go back through and I'll just like bring my measures over, make sure they're calculating correctly because how do you vet the data? Like you need a little bit of QA on what's going on there. So I'll put in numbers, make sure it looks right. And I'll have extra pages that are 
not meant to be shown, but it's purely for the developer. Like mm -hmm. as I'm building measures and things, yeah, I'm yeah. checking them. Test the year to date, test and see if it's yep. rolling. Yeah. Does it right make way? sense? Yeah. Like we had like 10,000 when we should be like a million. Everything like, looks am right, I losing decimal one, places? Well, one visual shows nine, 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 nine. You're like, yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's not right. That might cause an error. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, item in the Marvel movies, the Tesseract? Is that the thing? The big like cube thing that was basically what everyone was after? I think so. So to I'll me, go with it. Going, going to the preview features, it's not just preview features, <laughs> but it's really the most powerful, most dangerous wor word or term that we use is what if. Oh, true. And we just say that with the previews where it's like you try this, like, well, what if I try this? And we're doing that in a report dev or a report build where it's really just cool to us because something sparks. You're going through the process. You're like, well, what if I did a calculated column in the summer, a virtual table? Okay. Or you're trying to preview feature and you're trying it because it could work. But again, it, it may, maybe it's not the best scope and you can break everything. So no, I completely agree. When you, especially when a preview feature comes out, you're like, whoa, and you want to try this out because you've been waiting or it is a cool feature, but it's not ready for prime time. Do you remember when composite models first came out? Mm -hmm. And one of the little caveats that they didn't really promote as well as they should is if you enable this on this report, you can't publish this to the service. Correct. And there was no way of taking that back. Yeah. So when you, you break stuff, fail, right, and it overwrites. Yeah. So you overwrite your models that were you were using, and it just just aren't. you got to recreate it, or hopefully add version history. Stick it in SharePoint. <laughs> that I agree with. <laughs> that yes, I can shake your hand and say yes. I agree. Yes. Version history in SharePoint. There you go. <laughs> this is why we're live. <laughs> I think. I think ultimately, you know, for for me. Uh, I, I'm kind of glad we're having this episode just from the standpoint that, you know, it, it, learn from the mistakes that we've made, but it, you yeah. know, a lot of the recommendations we make are are based on those mistakes mm -hmm. because yeah. nothing, nothing sucks more than presenting a report and coming out of that final presentation with a bunch yep. of changes and people not excited about the insights. Yeah, and, and, and when you experience like the, the extremes, all of a sudden a lot of this clicks and you're like, you know mm. what? I'm going to chase that like really good feeling of like yeah. changing the way somebody's going to do like, look at this data and it's going to help them make decisions in their job. And they, they absolutely love it versus the opposite of that, which is well, I put a little bit of myself in front of uh, uh, <laughs> this yeah. report, you know? Well, Seth, I was, I'm so happy you said that because I was, I was literally just about to ask you, does it count as failing if the report's fine? So you like that. Not amazing, like, just fine. Fine. Yeah, where you, you present it, it's the final product, you're yep. doing a roadshow and you're showing the report, things are correct, the model works, and people are like, okay, no questions, and the usage is low. We, we've talked about this a little, a little about usage, but does that count as failing? Because, and, and maybe it's, our own expectations to what people thought. Not necessarily every report should be where people are getting up on their desk, but if it's underwhelming to you, does that count as failing? Depend. I, I think. I think what what has to be in here is you, you have to have some sort of expectation of how mm -hmm. often your report is going to be used. Right? Is is this is this providing daily, hourly information that somebody has to be looking at this? or their own thing multiple times per day? Or is this something that somebody's going to check 
twice, three times per week, you know, something like that. Agreed. So it depends on like on what the usage pattern should be. I think of all of us want to build things that are useful. Um, but I also think part of those patterns or part of what you're building has to be in the context of how often should it be used, right? If I'm, yeah. if I'm, if I'm checking thing, if I'm checking this number on a weekly basis, it's okay that, you know, of the hundred people you shared the report with, you know, 75% are checking it once a week. But if it's supposed to be the daily runtime thing where everybody's running their job off of it or they're running it off their own Excel document and nobody's using your report, yeah, yeah. I would say that's a problem. Yeah. So, so when I add a thought there, I don't think it's a failure if, if you build a report and not a lot of people are using it mm -hmm. unless you spent a month building it. So I think, I think there's like a value in, value out that's happening here. So like I, I would say like it's okay. Sometimes you need reports are just like glanced at very so every so often, right? The data's not coming in quickly enough. Mm -hmm. It's it's maybe not um, getting everyone's needs met, but it's getting some. Maybe it's the audience is smaller, but I think that's okay if you spend like a couple of days. Sure. But if you spent like a whole month, okay. Now I would be questioning like, did we really spend the time on the right project? Right. And I'll go back to our statement earlier: these reports better be saving you money or making you right. money. So if it's not doing one of those two things. Maybe we shouldn't have prioritized right. it above other stuff that we're doing. Like what is more critical that the sales team needs, or maybe we push something, some other work off right. because this is more political now. Like we're talking like a political <laughs> game and like in, in businesses because someone may just jumping down, like we have to have this report. This is going to be a game changer. Right. We need this thing. You spend all this time doing it. And we're like, I think we missed the mark or no one's using it. So why are, why did we spend all that time to build that kind of report? So that would be the only case I would say yeah. low usage and I would consider either a failure or we missed the mark because no one's using it. So I, I find it interesting that this is where the direction to, went today because we could we could spend three hours talking about the technical failures. Sure. I, I don't even think I've shared my actual technical failure and man, was it a bomb. But, <laughs> or, or well, bombs. I got to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that we kind of gone to this more – subject yeah. being more subject about a failure because obviously when you get an error message yep. and your report doesn't refresh yeah you can pretty much stamp that as a failure but we're kind of spending a lot of time talking about this idea of i don't know you know like it, it could be considered one i wonder can you can you have the expectation of what you think the report should be like i'll give you an example and uh, something as we were considering yep. i had a client and it was basically looking at a sales team or a targeted team report yep. that it was meant for particular members. Sure. And the usage was very low. Yep. Now I would assume this report would be more frequently viewed. Yep. Right. So, and it could take a day or it could take a month to build Sure. compared to something where, you know, it's like, you know, it's a lifetime value of a customer where it's We're not going to all the time. Right. So sh either can you, or maybe better yet, should you go into a report build? with what you think the expectation should be. Not necessarily the number of people, yeah. but the frequency to kind of gauge was it a success or failure. I think that's a, so you're not, you're not talking about like requirement scoping. No. No, no, no I mean like yeah, yeah. this is a requirement on the prerequisites for the bill report. And I'd kick that one over to Seth. Like, what do you think? What are your thoughts on like that metric? Cause I, so I'll, I'll follow mine, but I want to hear Seth's first.
No, I think you should. Oh, okay, I'll do my first thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> we'll do it. So I think you should at least write it down or at least mark out like what you think the objective is going to be. Your goals and dreams. What's your yeah. goals? Yeah. Because I think – I'll say this other times. You can't, you can't fix what you can't measure. So if you never measured it to begin with, how do you know if you made it? Everything's perfect. A win, right. 100%. Like you never decided like, hey, we're, we're expecting this to be used every day by X number of people. I think just verbally putting that down there, there's two there's two factors to this. One, you're either estimating really wrong, you overestimate the value of the report, mm-hmm. or you didn't build a report that was actually meeting the need potentially. So I feel like those are the, I mean, there's probably more cases, right. but that's the top of my head. I'm thinking like that's maybe the two reasons why I would look at that and go, we should at least write it down. We should yeah. at least have a requirement in the requirements gathering sessions, like who's using it, how often do you think it's going to be used? They, yeah. And then from there, you can gauge like, okay, we think this is going to be used all the time. And you can kind of have a proxy to this because if you're working at sales data, you can look at who else is building sales reports. If the content of that data is being used every day and now you're moving that same data content to Power BI, the expectation would be it's roughly it's going to be used every day by X number audience. Right. So I, I think if you have other systems you're migrating, migrating away from, like um, business objects or whatever, you can look at your report usage and see how many times people are coming in those reports. That might be your proxy for like when we rebuild the new model, mm-hmm. these are the most popular reports. Yeah. Maybe I also would I'll throw it as another thought here too. Your scanner API, that that's just linking things together. But isn't there APIs around like how much reports are being hit? Yeah, so uh, there's a PowerShell script kind of thing. It is, okay. It's not tied with that, but it's Rui, the same thing of activity. And that's what we, Rui, yeah. Rui yeah, Romano yeah. built that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another one I think is good. It's like, again, build a report, put it out there, and then actually monitor the oh, usage. Because I don't think, well, in most of the clients I do, we build a report to put them out there. I'm moving on to the next project. So I'm not the one maintaining the long-term viability of the report. Oh, I rely on that. And, and so, like, we don't know if it's being used. Do we need to change it? How are we soliciting feedback? So it could be used more. I think there's other aspects of that that you can always incorporate. Yeah. Sorry. So no, I think those you. are those are really good points. Uh, the only one I would add in there is, you know, how is the report going to save a ton of time, right? And that's that, true. that's that's the only butt up against like a usage pattern one, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. we've been mm-hmm. in clients before where like literally, it, it, the usage is probably on a weekly basis, but that would be so much more than what was happening prior, which was it would, really take, it would take a person three weeks to put right. together yeah. the numbers big, yeah. for the monthly number of the previous month. So the business was three weeks behind understanding yep. what what those real-time metrics were supposed to be and making making business decisions three weeks late. So it, it, in that case, it makes a ton of sense to put up a, a lot of effort Yep. So that at the end of the month or on a weekly basis, right, you're you're trudging through all of these calculations or parsing through all this data to oh, pull it all together point. so that at the end of the month, they can have the report the next day, right, yeah. or yeah. same day. And you yeah. just like three weeks of time from business decisions like that report is worth its weight in gold. Well, what you're speaking to is building new capability. This is something we like, yeah. like to your example, I remember that I'm two clients, one where they were doing this 12 times a year. So they had 12 decision points 
And so we had 12 times to make a decision on like marketing, spend, whatever we want to do. That's kind of like we're evaluating. When you have automation like this, and again, I when I teach my Power BI class, I say automate, automate, automate. Like that's where it's at. Power Query makes it very easy for you to get a bunch of sources in. You can build these processes and, and like as you get files out of systems, don't move them around in Excel. You're wasting your time. Build the automation once, mm -hmm. spend a little bit more time there, and then every time you get a new file, refresh, done. Or go to the SQL server and like have that thing refreshing daily now as opposed to like having someone to pull out a bunch of extracts of data and then doing the manipulation to it and then producing the report. There's a lot of value yeah. that you can just get rid of people. Like another example, I was, I was working at the time, uh, Johnson controls and we moved into a new building where they had like, I'll call it for lack of a better term, picnic benches. We, we look long rows of desks. And he was like person next to person, next to person, next to person. It was just like a long, like a picnic bench or a picnic table. You had all your computers down there. And I would walk down the aisle and I would just look at everyone's computers because you could see all their screens because it's just a row. And it's like, everyone has Excel up. Everyone was pushing data around in, I was like, this is like manufacturing, but for data, you look at the old yeah. black and white pictures, well, there's a whole bunch of people at machines team. making products. Well, we've just, the product's now data. And I'm just watching everyone like, pick data up here, move it over there, do some calculations to it, massage the data some more. I'm like, there's so much automation that we're just wasting. We could do so much more to be efficient here. Yeah. Well, how do you, so the, the question, maybe Seth, you've seen this before, but all these ideas I, I completely agree with, but again, to go back to, if you're going to see something successful or not, you got to quantify it. It's true. So obviously you can quantify the usage of a report or you can, I guess you could quantify the sentiment. You know, you do that road show and you get the wows kind of thing. You can kind of get a, you can at least gauge the feelers back. But let's say the report that only needs to be viewed four times, yep. but those four times are so essential. Can you quantify that? Like, can you quantify the success or at least go in with the game plan on this is going to save the time, the, uh, the business money because of the amount of time it's going to save. Therefore, we should expect X, Y, and Z. So, Seth, I don't know if you've seen any examples as you brought it up on quantifying success for those more subjective factors. I think, yeah, I, I would say a lot of the reports that we build are going to fall into this iffy range of you're you're saying it, it it's you're you're surfacing up information a lot faster for somebody to make a decision. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's very easy in, am I building a report for a customer? Am I charging money for data, at, you know, access to the data? Well, now it's definitely quantifiable. Like if I yeah, build this yeah. thing or surface up these insights, you know, what is the value to the business? I think a lot of times with reporting, though, it's in time savings. Um, so after after something and that's like, harder to quantify hey man like at the be like we went through this exercise right yeah. like we're many times where you'd walk in and be like okay what is it what is the cost to the business for somebody to spend three weeks munging around in excel to produce a number and yep. what is the impact to the business in not understanding you know what this data is three weeks after when you would want to see it right yeah. and those are hard like those are those are like it's an upfront cost of like here's the thing this report is solving and the <laughs> the leaf blower behind you is hilarious. i know it's like really um, far out the microphone <laughs> is picking it up really good 
the um, you know, but it's at upfront cost, right? It's not something yeah. you're going to be able to measure like, oh, now that I built this report, I'm seeing, you know, X, Y, Z or something. Um, you know, in, in other cases, maybe the report is producing insights that allow you to measure something more real time, you know, on a daily that you can alter. Yeah. And, yeah. and over time, you're seeing that like, hey, this report is a direct result of us being able to make the modification to make the line go up or line go down. And then you can, you know, tie a KPI or something to it. But yeah. you, you want to be preventative, but you also want to be proactive in the sense when it's every year when it's time to meet your maker, if, if you're not your own boss, so to speak, and they say, what did you do? And you're yeah. like, I did this report, this report. They're like, which ones? Like, oh, well, uh, really yeah. That's, yeah. A lo- that's a lose-lose because, situation yeah, right like, there. Like, which ones? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Which we were like, crap. Because like, well, it was only three months out of the year that <laughs> I worked on this. And they're like, oh, okay, that one. And um, a lot of times, though, too, like we're talking about saving money for the business, but it still involves our time True. to build a report, right? Yes. So if you go once a year and then you realize that these reports aren't being used or they're not valuable, no, forget true. the usage. I mean, in my head, in my head, I would consider that a failure for myself because the expectation. If I built ten reports. And seven, because I, I see you're like, I don't know. But no, I no. Build, I, yeah, thinking, if I build seven reports or 10 reports yeah. and seven of them are really not in circulation or not really well known by my boss or just valuable, that's a failure. And I've wasted 70% of my time, so to speak, on the thing. So what value am I bringing to the business? Yes. So that's where I would go, right? I think you're bringing like a really critical point. And I think you have a really good emphasis, particularly in your in your like the business and the job, like you, you focus a lot of time on like training and the after effects after the report. Right. And I think that's not a lot of people focus on like, I produced this report. We're ready to go live with it now. Like let's train up people on it. Let's drive the usage. Let's, and then monitoring it again. CYA think, buddy. So, <laughs> well, I, I definitely think it's, there's some story there to that. Like to be, to, no, like yeah. to your point, right? If I make 10 reports, and only three of them are being regularly used, well then, was I spending the right time? Right. Where did those requirements come from? Was I really doing something impactful to the business if I spent all this time making stuff and it wasn't actually adding value? Where I think I would say there's more, not more value, but like where I'm finding more value for clients is thinking about the data model. So like the reports are good and they definitely help out, but I think the access to the data model is becoming more of a conversation because now we're starting to talk about like, it's self-service a bit, right? So I'm going to produce a model where you can connect to it and add your own data or connect to it and make your own report, whatever's actual to you. So I'm kind of taking one step up the chain a little bit and saying, let's, let's just put together, together what the business rules are, pull the tables together, kind of just bake it up. Here, here's a, here's a kind of a, uh, a pie that's like, right. Pre-cooked. Just, just, yeah, kind of, like, just warm it up a little bit. 400 degrees. Exactly. Yeah. Stick it in the oven, warm it up a little bit, and then like go build your own reports. So it's, we're kind of like warming up the model a little bit and getting it right to go, getting the right data in there. And I think that's adding a lot of value too. And then you can that you can I think you can hang a lot of metrics off of, like how many queries are coming across it, who's building on top of it. Um, and I think those are the kind of things that as a business user, I always struggled with. Like, just get me the data. I had like different reporting systems and I would pull out tons of files just so I could get back to building reports. So now if you can give them a model where the model and the data is up to date every day or the SLAs around that, 
now you can start taking other metrics around that that are adding more value to the business. Well, fortunately, I've seen too many people try to micro this styrofoam. So <laughs> I think you can't think microwave the pie. With, we can't with, microwave with the pie. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of people, I don't Tom, get it. <laughs> Tommy makes a good point though. From you know, a business can fail at building a report too. Yeah. Right. And, and true. maybe that falls under the communication where you're ensuring that you know uh, whoever's requesting the report has the authorization to request the report. Maybe yeah. that the, the usage questions in there are, are would drive more towards like, oh, you use this once a year? Oh, then no, it's not worth the effort, right? Yeah. Um, it's because if you're, if you're finding yourself at the end of the year with 10 stagnant reports that nobody's using, yeah, True. that's that's a failure of the business because somebody's right. asking you to, to build those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. I'm not sure if there's any other like key moments or, or key things I would say about building stuff. One area I would say, maybe not failing building reports, but it's trying to emphasize maybe, too maybe much around a, live maybe data. that's a good point to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't, well, you say, I, don't, I don't think I don't think there's anything else we can talk about in failure no. of reports. <laughs> well, I think we're about I, done, but here's, here's one last point. <laughs> Well, I, I had this thought earlier when you were talking about stuff, and I thought one other challenge I have faced was um, we're doing import. I love import more so than direct queries. Direct queries is not as well performing. I, I, just, would, I, just, yeah. I would prefer to have all my models in or, import mode. And so then adding incremental refresh, having multiple refreshes per day, it feels much better. And like my question to people is why do we need live data? Like I need to see the sales data as it comes in throughout the day. And I'm like, what, why is this requirement a thing? And I think initially I didn't push hard enough against it and worked really hard on data models that was actually allowing real time data to come in and it wasn't helpful. Right. And the report was slow and we were, everything was direct query. And I feel like now I under better understanding of where that fits in the spectrum of reporting. Yeah. There's very, in my, I feel like needs. there's very few use cases when you actually need direct query. Absolutely. So now I'd be like, well, Let's just refresh the port every 30 minutes if you're on pro or premium. That's more than enough. That's plenty. Like if, you, if you're going to see data and make a, make a decision in 30 minutes, that's pretty dang good. Right. So that, that's where I'm like now is like pushing back a little bit harder on like, do you really need real-time requirements? How about we just refresh the port four times per day? Right. Maybe that'll get you what you want. No. I want it now. One. I want it now. I want to see my data now. <laughs> Sales on, teams man. are more the live connection, but it's only—it's not—it's only for like three days or four days. It's the three days before the end of the quarter yep. and the last day before the end of the year that live data is important. And you could think of like someone on spot where they need to yeah, just build power shit. automate and just have it refresh faster during that time. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You can't kind of circumvent that a little. So yeah, unless you have a bad data model, like our failures. So <laughs> meanwhile, you trash your model <laughs> trying to go faster. Oh no. That's hilarious. No, I I would say that the that's definitely part part of the the errors that can happen was you're trying to do something that doesn't match the need. Yeah. So I would be remiss, and then and then I I'm I'll sign off kind of thing. But <laughs> we talked about this at the very beginning because everything we've talked about, the majority of what we've talked about is almost where there's no error message, and that's true. You know, it's it, there's not this blatant you did something wrong, therefore you need to fix it. But I would say, don't forget about the business requirements because you can't get to the point of showing someone if you don't build it right. The worst, the worst failure that I, I've ever had was 
we kept getting more ideas or more metrics that need to be added on. And it was a very raw data set. Mm -hmm. So we kept adding the power query yep. and we kept doing like, okay, this match and we need this. And then it got to the point where the report could not be refreshed in desktop or the service. Oh, and we, we literally had to rebuild it just because it was cobbled uh, together. Yeah. Yeah. It was because, it was because all the numbers were right. But the but power query couldn't handle it because yeah. we were pulling from different data sources and we we're like just we too much. Should we try to do a data flow and then connect to the you know some of the raw data there? But the there are errors that still happen when you build a report and even though we haven't touched on that, which I'm kind of happy we didn't because I think we all know a lot of those errors. But knowing the business requirements upfront, probably both from the expectations and your technical build, are True. interesting. So. It did make me think too, like, I wonder if we always ask for people to give us like a scoping document. Do mm -hmm. we need a scoping document for the the author of like, what's the expectation? How much data do we need? And is this worth it? Yes. So. I think having some more rigor. So if I had to take away like a, a final bullet point, having more conversations and be more directed about what your questions are, I think kind of to your point there was, is very important. Yeah. You know, we're going to build this report. Here's the expectation of here's my audience. Just start mapping out some of those things earlier in the process. I think really helped me in how I build reports now. Who is that audience? What are they trying to do? And I think you can al align the expectation of what the report will be doing to what what you can actually build them. I agree. Much closer at the end, the yeah. gap becomes. I mean, there's probably always still changes. You need to tweak it a little bit here. It doesn't quite have exactly the information you want, but at least you're getting closer. Right. So I think that would, that would be good. Spend more time up front. Figure out what you want to measure, document it, and then reevaluate. Right. After you're done, try to spend time on the retro. Like, th did we actually meet those objectives? Are we actually doing better because we had some requirements? Right. And if not, throw the requirements out and pick out different ones. Or like, it's, it's not to be like a one and done. It can be a progression. Right. What would be your last thought, Seth? <laughs> um. I, it, 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 yeah, it caught me off guard there, Mike. Sorry. Last, last thoughts, you know, I mean, we're, we're all going to continually make mistakes. Uh, I would say the recognizing them, the, the iterative approach of, of doing a, a retro on a report, yeah. um, is, is important, you know, understanding the usage with, you know, is it in line or is it below and figure out why, right. And make adjustments as you go. The, the biggest things and the reasons we make a lot of the recommendations we do are because we made made changes after making the mistake to uh, to not make them again. Yes. Um, and as long as your focus is you know on making your client, whether that's internal or external, right, in, in your company or consulting, that happy and seeing them seeing what your efforts are doing in changing the way they run their daily decision-making or yep. weekly or whatever, um, that, that's a, it's a, a, in a bad way, a high you want to chase, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 that, that's, that's where, true, that's where people get excited about reporting is, is when, if, if you think about one of the, the, the hardest challenge areas that you have and somebody building a report to answer those questions and monitor, like that's what you're doing for people. Yeah. And and just moving past these sorts of mistakes that we've made in the past, or at least identifying them and not doing them, I think is the purpose of this episode. So, yeah. um, just just keep on rocking. Sounds good. 
And with that, your video has gone like massively pixelated. With a yeah. so I think that means we're done. I think my <laughs> computer is substantially throttling its, <laughs> itself now. So with that, thank you all very much. Um, our only request is if you like this or you thought this was weird content and you didn't you know, enjoy this one, <laughs> hopefully you found some <laughs> good laughing points or some, some insightful pieces out of this. So our only ask is find someone else, share someone the podcast with them. Um, just say, hey, this is something we found value from. It was interesting to me. Um, maybe you find it interesting too. So that's our only request. And then Tommy, where can we find the podcast? So if you're watching live right now and you want to be able to listen on audio on your jogs, on your walks, or at just at work, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, any podcast platform. Mm -hmm. If you're watching it or if you're listening now on Apple and Spotify, you've already given us a rating. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and you want to join the conversation, join us every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, join us on the chat. We love the community here. So Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you all very much. We'll see you on Thursday.